0: Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the ZABEcast, the pandemic is coming to a roaringly stupid close, and Kyrie Irving is at the center of it. Mr. X joins me to discuss how his Super Bowl prop bets worked out, plus why an even shorter MLB season might be even better for him. All that plus why today you should act like it's still the wild, wild west. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Well... We are coming up on two years, the two-year anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread. That's it, people, just a two-week inconvenience. And then we'll slow the spread, we'll be able to cope, and we'll be on with our lives. Two years. The pandemic is ending. They are finally, uh, there was actually a memo sent from the Democratic pollster unit That said to Democrats exclusively, you need to just wrap this shit up. People are done with it. The messaging is terrible. You're going to get slaughtered in the midterms if you don't. They might get slaughtered anyway, but still. You see all these different deep blue municipalities and states dropping one by one by one by one by one all of their stupid-ass mandates that it should have never been allowed, never been constitutional, and didn't do shit in terms of the overall trajectory of the pandemic. But you know that, I know that. Everyone on Team Reality knows it, and only people who are still with their heads stuck in the sand or can admit that they were wrong knows it. That said, Kyrie Irving, it looked like, was on his way... To playing home games again for the for the Brooklyn Nets the city and Mayor Eric Adams new mayor has said look we're getting rid of the vaccine mandate we're getting crushed our open table bookings I saw this stat like open table bookings because they track them for the you know dining app we're down they tracked several different cities and they picked a bunch of different cities starting up in you know New, New York where they've got vaccine mandates all the way down uh, to other parts of the country. And Florida was like plus 120% year over year. Uh, other cities, Atlanta, plus 70%. Dallas, plus 40%. I'm just throwing these numbers. Don't quote me on these numbers. I'm just saying all these cities were plus, 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 plus. New York was still down 40% from last year. Because last year at this time, they didn't have vaccine mandates because the vaccine was just rolling out. They're down 40, getting crushed. So at least this new mayor has got half a brain and he's like, look, I can't have my city closed down again. I, I got to open up our city. However, because there is still a city of New York vaccine mandate for employees and Major companies in New York City, of which there's a few, have vaccine mandates for their employees. It looks like right now, Kyrie Irving is not going to be back on the court for home games. Because, oh, he can go to the game as a fan and sit there, unvaccinated, dirty as he is, breathing his disease-ridden air. But he can't play basketball there. Not yet, and the reason is so utterly stupid. The mayor said, listen, I want Kyrie on the court. I would do anything to get that ring so badly I want it, but there's so much at stake here. And I spoke with the owner of the team. We want to find a way to get Kyrie on the court, but this is a bigger issue. I can't have my city closed down again. It would send the wrong message just to have an exception for one player When we're telling countless number of New York City employees, if you don't follow the rules, you won't be able to be employed. (laughs) You can't make it up. It's the dumbest shit ever. In other words, because we forced all these workers to get vaccinated or lose their jobs, we can't now waive it for Kyrie Irving. Especially not because, oh, he's a big-time basketball player. So they're going to be stuck on stupid on this issue unless something changes. Kyrie is not getting the jab, and good for him. At this point, no. He's already flushed a ton of money. And they can't win without him. I think they can win with him and with Kevin Durant, but they got this sticky thing like, oh, what do we do? Do we piss off all these other people who got the vaccine, forced to get the vaccine, some who got fired for not getting it, and then say, okay, Kyrie, you've got an exception. (laughs) It's so funny though. We got to find a way. Mayor Adams, we I talked to the owner. We want to find a way to get Kyrie on the court. Hey, guess what, dummies? There's no finding any way. You are at the end of the road. You are at the rock and the hard place. He ain't fucking getting vaccinated. You're too much, you're too big of pussies to change your mind on this and admit defeat and take the blowback politically, which they know they would. From thousands, hundreds of thousands maybe of New Yorkers who are like, well, fuck, I didn't want to get this thing and I had to for my job. Now he's off the hook. Good luck is all I can say. Again, we're coming up on the anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread. We need to have some sort of party for that because you know two years is way too fucking long and I want to have a party to finally put a stake in the heart of this pandemic and more importantly – All the stupid, unconstitutional, ridiculous shit, damaging stuff that was done by panicked governments all across the globe. The virus was real. It killed a lot of people. And it was bad for some people. But guess what? None of the shit we did did much of any good. Even the vaccines, when it was all said and done, didn't do very much. But God, you can't say that on certain platforms, lest you get canceled. Luckily, I have a podcast. I say whatever the fuck I want. You don't like it. Brr, brr, fast forward, delete, write me an angry email. I'll glance at it and go, okay, moving along. Delete. What truly matters? At MegaFood, it's the power of plants and nourishing soil and quality ingredients for their supplements. They do what matters to them, so you can do what matters to you. Being present, saying yes, maybe even taking some you time to listen to your favorite podcast, and always making the most of each moment, big and small. Mega food supplements for what matters. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, time to check in with the mysterious, but always informative, Mr. X. Hello? Been checking the market, a keen eye on mortgage stocks, which are getting hammered right now, Mr. X, because they anticipate a lack of the patented Mr. X season totals in baseball paying for a lot of mortgage payments. I was wondering where that one was yeah, going. I got there. I was, a little, I was stuttering a little bit, but yeah, basically uh, the mortgage stocks are getting hammered because they're like, well, shit, people can't pay this year. They don't have Mr. X's season totals in Major League Baseball. It's very sad that on today, this Monday, when supposedly as we tape this, they're coming down to the wire on some deadline to start lopping off precious chunks of the Magic 1 162 the 162 formula that you have cracked the code on over the years to deliver consistent winners it's appropriate we have you on today how are you doing
1: good thanks you know what this sounds silly but the shorter they make it i like it even better
0: oh all right then
1: i like the 60 game one two years ago i mean it was easier to it was a little bit easier in some way.
0: How did but, you do on well, the 60-gamer? You
1: know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I recall it being pretty darn good. Right. It was nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: So so, so at some point, if they do come to a, a deal, you yeah. will hustle out in, oh, in yeah. hustle-up fashion because they're going to have to hustle up with a lot of signings of players and... Yes. Uh, I don't know if they have stuff to do arbitration or not, but a lot of paperwork that has to be done. And then they can be like, okay, HUP 2, HUP 2, Jumpy Jack, Jumpy Jack. Okay, long toss, long toss. All right, uh, BP, BP, spring training. Okay, we all ready? Let's go play baseball.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, I would say this if you have any thinking of playing baseball season totals, you don't wait for that to end. You get your shop and your accounts open and in line, you get funded, you get ready. Because when they do this, the numbers will move. They always move quick. By that, I mean the totals. And they always move, they'll always move quick. And, like, for example, I'm ready. Of course, we got late free agents and everything to factor in. But this is like I've done 75% of the homework, and you're waiting to hear the teacher tell you the last part, and then you're going to turn it in fast. Right. So be ready to go. Be ready yeah. to go. Don't wait till they – They settle it and, you know, be all annoyed and go, oh, they settled it. Maybe now I should open an account. Maybe now I should start to, new. we're going to go fast this year.
0: Yeah, Be be ready to pounce because, uh, you know, let's say there's a total put out there and let's say Freddie Freeman is still hanging in the balance as a free agent and he goes somewhere and now all of a sudden that line's going to move, right? Well, that is true, but
1: more of a case is, look, have I done really well on these for your show in 20-something years?
0: You I bet. Mean, if 80, I mean, if, if 80% is good, then yeah. Well,
1: but I'm not the only guy. It is so common for whatever I end up landing on as my top two or three, they move. I'm not the only guy that cracks know.
0: that code. Well, I know. You know, I know last still... year, it
1: killed us. First time in a long time. Yeah. My number one pick last year was Royals over 72, and by the time the season started, some guys grabbed it at 74 and a half, and it came in on 74, and one or two of them lost. So they I'm not the only guy that figures these out. The best ones, they they it's not hard for the shops to go, whoops, got that one off a couple, let's change it. Right.
0: Well, uh, today I read a, a long piece, but a very uh, easily graspable and a very comprehensive piece by Jeff Passan, ESPN.com, uh-huh. that basically – summarized the whole labor situation and as hard it is as it is to be sympathetic to a bunch of high school educated seed spitting fastball throwing baseball players who are making millions of dollars a year playing a kid's game i'm actually kind of sympathetic because the owners have ruthlessly and methodically fucking backed them into a corner on everything and so this is the fight of their lives, this union. If this union, Mr. X, wants to hold up its reputation as the nastiest, toughest union in all of pro sports, they got a huge fight on their hands.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen his one today. Um one of my sons always texts me about what Passon writes and says he's um he is the best. And I always say, I don't need to read it. I've already I've already lived through all those things. Right. But I think I, this is the, the, like the most non-substance of the strikes. I mean, there used to be major impasses. Right. They keep going over and over like, what's the big one here? And they're really small compared to the past ones, which is what probably makes it so frustrating. There's not like philosophical differences on free agency. They're screwing around with a little bit of service time for those – Um pre-arbitration eligible guys. Okay, really? That's an afternoon's work.
0: The super twos and the service time.
1: Keep changing that line by the littlest of bit. It It was three years and it was two and three quarters, and now we want to Okay, that's great. Is that worth all this? No. But and the other thing they want is all this anti-tanking measures, which okay, great. Fine. Baseball draft picks are not NBA lottery picks. All those players' proposals that are, you know, doing lotteries and top picks and trying to address the tanking, big deal. Yeah.
0: Well, big the, deal. the problem is in a lot of markets, having a major league team is something to do once springtime and warm weather comes around, whether they're good, bad, or somewhere in between. Sure. And so, therefore, the incentive to win is not at all like it is in perhaps other sports especially not the NBA, especially not in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I, I see it both ways. You're right. It's longer. You know, when you got 162, when they make the tr- trades at the July deadline, I mean, they got a quarter of the season left. There's still 60 games to play. So, yes, you can make that case. But on the other hand, I view tanking as having so much less of an impact. You know, when the Sixers tank and got draft picks, you could at least understand it. Yeah, but in, if you think moving from eight to two in the MLB draft is gonna rebuild your franchise, you're just not right.
0: No, but not not with one guy, but a comprehensive organization-wide tank job that is sustained over two seasons, which is exactly what the Astros did, and exactly what the Nationals did. You know, both World Series paid for in blood with back to back one hundred plus lost seasons. That's not good for a sport, in my opinion.
1: No, if that is true, I guess I just feel like it's a lot of philosophy, and all the proposals I see are like, okay, you want to move your chair on the Titanic over here, I know.
0: Whatever. here whatever. Here's the net-net picture, and this is what Passon lays out. Player pay has decreased for four consecutive years. Even as industry revenues grew, yeah. Franchise values have soared. And the stewards of the game, the owners, are pleading to anyone who would listen that, you know, owning a baseball team isn't that profitable. Some even dare to say it's a break-even business. The fuck out of (laughs) here. Players' service time has been manipulated to keep them from free agency and salary arbitration. The luxury tax rights passed and instituted to discourage runaway spending has morphed into a de facto salary cap. And too many teams are nowhere near it anyway, instead gutting their rosters and slashing their payrolls because the game's rules incentivize losing. The commissioner has called the World Series trophy, quote, a piece of metal, unquote. (laughs) And the league has even awarded the team that did the best job of curtailing arbitration salaries with a replica championship belt. Yes, they did. That's real. Any of these problems has passed and is a problem, but in aggregate, they serve as a call to action for the players who now even struggle to pull off the delicate balance of being aggrieved while trying to negotiate a larger piece of a $10 billion plus pie.
1: Well, that's really good. And I guess I, I, to me, everything in there that you hear is you guys are really prospering and you're not sharing the pie. Yeah. but they're not asking for that. They're asking for the little bitty things, the super twos and the competitive but
0: balance. But that would help that would help share the pie. And a the, little
1: bit. But if you want to tell, there was a, something that leaked out on the Braves revenue and I don't have it handy, but like they made 168 million last year or something. And when those numbers leak out, people are like, yeah. That's a reason to ask for higher salaries and more money. Not just worry about this group of Super 2s. That's what I'm saying. If you want to say the game's prospering, they're doing well, why are our salaries going down, and you want more money, good for you. But they're tinkering with such things that just seem small in comparison. It's hard to justify. Does
0: that make sense? No, I hear you on that. The thing is, once upon a time, a 32-year-old slugger, air quotes, who could hit 24 home runs a year, Mr. X, would break the bank in free agency, wouldn't he? Sure. Nowadays, 32 years old, 24 homers, you're like, they don't pay for those guys anymore. They'll pay for the supernatural talents through the nose. And then everybody else is falling to the bottom. The middle class has been gutted. And because players make it to the bigs now and succeed the bigs in their early 20s more than ever before, they can't get paid like stars. Acuna, yes, Tatis yeah. Jr., Soto, et al.
1: Well, okay, Soto turned down $350 million, so it's not can't get paid.
0: Well, okay. <laughs>
1: set that bar even higher. It's, it's called I Don't Want to Stay in Washington.
0: Okay, well, there's that, but Soto has yeah. produced at a rate yeah. of $20 million at least, and he's been paid a fraction of that.
1: Well, I say this to my kids all the time. You look at, you can, you know, I can name guys over the decades that had super starts and faded to oblivion. You sure. haven't had a chance to fade until you've had a chance to fade. I'm not saying Soto's going to fade. He's good. But every next guy seems like there's no way he'll fade. Yeah. All I'm saying is, those are all good reasons to ask for money. I just, every time I read what they're doing, it's like, I know. it's, it's just
0: not in there. In uh, in 2019, at 21 years old, Juan Soto was all Major League Baseball second team. That's really good. All MLB second team. He made $578,000. Yep. <laughs> and then in 2020, when he made all first team and had the NL Silver Slugger of the year, he made less money at 233. I don't even know how that's possible, but I'm looking at Spotrac right now. It took his next year, I guess, arbitration eligible 2021 yes. to make 8.5 million, and that's where he is right now. He's given them three yep. 20 million dollar years, and they have paid him less than 10.
1: Sure, I think that low year is because that was a prorated strike year. All right, or uh,
0: you're right. 233. Yeah, there you go. That's why it is. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you well go. there's
1: no question that the system rewards you for uh tenure uh not production I right mean, it, the game is set you have to be three years and to get some money and six to really get it and and if they wanted to be addressing all that i i kind of get it but i just I, I don't know i just i beat this up but i just feel like when i look at what's on the table it looks like an afternoon it doesn't look like so but i actually think that deep inside Okay, the player. Most people are pro-player or anti-player right out of the chute, and they never read an issue. You know, they're like, ah, oh, they're rich. They don't shouldn't strike, or oh, the owners are rich. They shouldn't. You know, most people don't look at issues, but the MLB, uh player association, has basically kicked their ass for, since 1976. And I, I do think that part of this is hey, there's not a whole lot of problems. We can fix this. But we're sending a message in the future. If we just cut a month off the season, it's no skin off the owners, and each of those young players is going to get prorated less. So, hey, next time time, let's get to this sooner. And it's almost like the owners have no reason here because they're not asking for a lot. It's
0: almost like it's punitive. Like, hey, you know what? We don't care if we start in May. Right. you? Right, April's a bad gate month for uh, for us anyway because yeah. the weather's not right yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I kind of feel, you know, players I, get paid the same even when there's uh, nobody coming to the game in March or April. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like there's a little bit of the, ah, let's just start late and yeah. just punish them a little bit.
0: It's possible that over the last uh, however many years in which they've kept renewing this CBA, that the owners have, because Passon points out that they have hired an absolute army of shrewd lawyers, negotiators, and contract guys to just tighten the screws on everything. Little things to fuck the players like, you know, holding them in spring training so they won't get the 172 games uh, or 172 days, it is, in the big leagues to get service time, to get one year closer to free agency. And they have fucked players on little things like that and little things like that. And now they're so powerful. The franchise values are so high. That I they the players might get run over like a steamroller in this one.
1: That's a good point. There's a there's a general belief. I think Passman wrote this a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know the players feel like the owners go to the letter of the law of the contracts with the service time and things you mentioned. Right. Whereas the players want them to focus on the spirit of the rule. Spirit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> when you make a no. this is that age old thing. When you make a contract and I stick to it. Is that my bad? That's kind of like the NFL when the contract says Goodell handles suspensions, and if you don't like it, appeal it, and the ruling will it goes be back made to by Goodell. Goodell. Yeah, right. Well, okay, that's stupid, but you signed it. I mean, exactly. So you know when you when these teams are competing on and off the field, and you say, oh, they went by the letter of the contract, and yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Passon concludes with this paragraph. Uh, he says, eventually, there will be a deal. And it's likely that when there is, little will have changed about one baseball official called the game's, quote, mangled Frankenstein economic system. It's a great phrase. The existential elements of the game, pace of play, capturing young fans, gambling, will have gone untouched at a time when real dialogue could have and should have put the game in a far better position. Amen to that.
1: They are missing. We thought this would be a tough off season. That's what I mean by there's just not meat in here. We thought this would be a tough off season where they're digging into these details of a dying sport and, and come up with things that are going to help it together. The problem in the past is that every time there's a change on the table, the players stick their hand out for money. You want to get rid of the DH, hand me some more money. Why you want to do drug testing, hand me money. Why? But this time, it really needs to be addressed and, and tackled for their both benefit.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, that's not the
1: even, it's not even
0: addressed. Handing, uh, Sticking their hand out for more money over these seemingly trivial things that have nothing to do with money is the only leverage the players have. And now it's yeah. on things like uh, ad patches on uniforms. They're yeah. like, okay, pay me for that. You want more playoffs? Okay, pay us for that. You want more of this? Pay us for that. And that's the only leverage they have. It's too bad because – Whether there's a deal today or tomorrow, extremely unlikely. They've still fucked up one of the elemental great parts of baseball, the anticipation of getting to spring training and every team having their winter fest, you know? Come on out and meet the play-by-play man and maybe one reserve middle infielder and dream about baseball in the middle of winter. And the certainty of baseball, God, I sound like fucking... Uh, Bob Costas right now, like a gush bag. But, you know, it's about dreaming of warmer days and saying, all right, the boys are throwing it around in Sarasota. That's been fucked up for this year, and we can't get it back. Hate it. you telling me? I third, missed that trip terribly. I know. Third, And th- this will be the third straight year that spring training's been fucked up. Now, on the plus side, my rental car in Phoenix, the next week is going to be a hell of a lot cheaper. Because ain't nobody out there this year. (laughs) So there's a silver lining in it for me, at least. So there's that. I'll tell you, there's one big thing that I don't think people
1: focus on enough. Baseball is going the wrong direction. It is becoming a niche sport. The game I love is going down. But there's one thing it will always have that no other sports have, which is going to keep it from going down much further. It is outdoors in good weather. Yeah. And that matters. And, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I'd be sitting at a baseball game stuff as, as, um, as big a baseball fan as there is in that ballpark. And all of a sudden you look at your son and go, Hey, when did they change pitchers?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I missed that. That's, I mean, I'm, it's, it's not always about the game. No, it's about no, the it's, outdoor grab yes. a beer. It's 85 degrees. Right. It's not like sitting in an indoors NBA game. And they will always have the number of people in a game that are just carrying on conversations and not
0: watching it. Right. <laughs> it's why it's called the national pass time. There you go. In addition to being a sport. So you're saying baseball's going the wrong way, huh? <laughs>
1: wants to race. Sarah! Don't race. That's ridiculous. Alright, come on. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Put your window down.
1: He wants something. Uh, he's probably drunk.
0: You're going the wrong way! What? You're going
1: the wrong way! He said we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going?
0: One of the great scenes of all time, planes, trains, and automobiles. Kids, if you've never seen it, the late, great John Candy was never better than he was in that movie. All right, let's pivot. How did we do on the Super Bowl props and my first chance to talk to you since the big game? Uh, Well,
1: um, as far as picking the game at plus four, you took the Bengals, so you won on that missed extra point. Whew, I'll take it. I, I took the Rams minus the four, so I lost on that missed extra point. Bottom line is that game was going to be dead even, and everyone knew it. It was a tough game to pick and bet, and it came out right there. On the props, we did pretty well. I started, it was strange. I um. In one of the craziest things I can imagine, I lose my Cooper Cup over prop and win the MVP prop. I don't know how that can happen. <laughs> two touchdowns
0: that that's how I it mean, happens yeah, two touchdowns and a couple of pi's late he in- yeah. induced
1: yeah i mean he so that was nice so i lost the cup prop um and i lost the crazy uh p rine over three yards prop he had two carries and never got a yard unbelievable so lost that
0: one. yeah
1: and both in crunch times um but we won the rest we won the sacks over two and a half we won acres and michelle under and then won those crazy um Three sport prop or cross sport props. We went three and zero. Oh. Nice. And your boy, your boy Scott Shirey, out of what is it? Arkansas? No, well, Texas. Sorry,
0: he's in, He lives in Houston, but he went to Arkansas. Pig suey. He texted me and
1: said he almost hit the car in front of him when we were doing those cross sport props. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, were- we had uh, we had the Suns' margin to be more than Acres' carry. The Suns won by twenty eight, so that was over before it started. We had uh, Clay Thompson to score more than the largest lead of the game, and Clay put up 33, so that was over before it started. We won both of those, and then we had Vance Johnson to outcatch Liverpool goals. Liverpool <laughs> put up a one, so that was so all three were the right, um, you know, perfect matchups, and so we got the crazy ones. But uh, you did get the Bengals, and I had the Rams. Great game, sort of, but it was not a lot to it.
0: All right, uh, let's talk some college basketball. Right. Let me get your take on Jawan Howard because you you have coached before youth yeah. sports with your kids. You know how us men can be hyper competitive, quick to fly off the handle if we perceive the other coach as being a dick or an asshole. Your thoughts? Well,
1: look, you know, it, talking about being a model and role model and and under control and all that stuff is great, but you lose your temper at a referee you can never lose your temper in these silly off court things. You know, the number of times a coach got angry at a ref and did something through a chair, did a Bobby Knight, you know, I hate to compare, but it's like, yeah, I lost my cool, but hitting another staff member, coach, whatever, going through a handshake line, there's no excuse in the world for not being the leader of your team and being such an asshole i'm so there's no way i don't think i mean you know granted woody hayes hit a kid not a coach and that's worse but i don't i don't know that there's a lot of difference would you rather uh would, what's worse like bobby knight's career ended for throwing a chair across the floor yeah i mean
0: well know, there was a there was an Howard
1: is not only did he yeah. hit the guy he his excuses after the game were making it worse and worse yeah, and worse. Yeah. I had to defend myself. Yeah. What are you
0: talking yeah. about? No, you're, you're leaders. That no, I totally agree, and uh, I say the severity and the utter inappropriateness of what Jawan Howard did is made perfectly clear when you say, "Okay, who else does stuff like this? Who else in coaching has done something like this that you can remember?" And that's when people go, oh, um, well, yeah, I, yeah well, eh. there really isn't anybody. It's Woody nobody, Hayes and Juwan and that's it. Yeah, nobody <laughs> does this. No. But we're living yeah. in such a, a permissive modern age of, oh, well, come on now, mm-hmm. that it's a bit much. Problem is, you know, for Michigan, uh, he's still their coach. We'll be their coach when he's off suspension. And if it was my university, I'd say, oh, we could find somebody better than that. Yeah.
1: Yes. This is, you know, this is the prodigal son come home who's going to get more uh, recruits, a, a longer leash than anyone yeah. else would in any other situation. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Anyway, current college basketball, I mean, this weekend was nuts. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Top teams go down. That's never happened before. Should we all just be hammering the dogs right now?
1: Um, if you can get in on
0: last week, yeah. Um, <laughs> Why don't I just take every dog in the top 20 across the board as a system play for the next three weeks?
1: I'm going to predict right now you're going to go 50-50 <laughs> on that <one>. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, your Probably. I will say this. Uh, it's cliche, but there are eight teams this year that really have a very good shot to win this tournament. And – I I guess we look at it two ways. There's never been a better year to be number eight, but I don't know if that means there's never been a worse year to be number one, you know, Mm -hmm. because if eight's close to one, one's close to eight.
0: Right.
1: So I wouldn't want to, as of now, you know, whichever one you pick with nice odds, great, but I wouldn't want to hang my hat on any of them because they all got seven that are just as good as them.
0: Here's so repeat that again. There's never been a better year to be eight, but... Yeah. Doesn't that
1: mean it's the worst
0: year to be one? <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, that's some deep wisdom. Yeah, I, I, I think it probably is, because yeah, the, the, a- the college basketball world is flatter than it's ever been. Now, here's a question for you. How do you think college basketball looks and feels aesthetically? Yeah. in 2022
1: well I'm, I'm not sure what you mean but to, i think what how's you mean the is- product
0: how's the meal oh is it tasty or that's good does it well, need something uh, a lot yeah, of people think- say look i know the players are talented uh they're more athletic explosive but the overall product is shit
1: i think the product is good i think in all sports you need a brady you need a villain or a hero you right. need something and when they're all even you say whoa look it's even but your casual fans like um i want the 31-0 and team to root for or against uh you know so i don't know if parody is really the good thing um you know there's there's nobody there's you know i guess other than coach k's last hurrah there's really just you have to be a fan to appreciate. Yeah how flat it is. And I, I think in a sense, what you're saying is that does
0: hurt it. There's nobody that stays long enough anymore that too. to really get to know them. And also the shape and the way players move has become so similar. They're all six, eight string beans yeah. that jump out of the gym. There used to be in college basketball, the kind of fat boxy guy yeah. who was good at posting up and had a killer left-handed hook shot. And you could see him immediately. You understood ha- what his role on the team was. Or there was a little white guy and all he did was shoot threes. Or there was this guy and so there was different identifiable pieces to teams that you kind of got to know. Now they all look the same.
1: They all can do everything. The big guy can dribble, the little right. guy
0: can. And actually I I don't
1: know if we've talked this before, but I feel like in a sense rebounding is a lost art why do you box out on shoot i mean you yes you box out but no longer do you look at a strong rebounder because when you're shooting threes you know it's where does it carry them right you know it it, they're all long boards in other words so that big man who boxes out around the glass he ain't chasing those down so that's changing too although this year is the return of the big man this is one of the first years in a long time that College basketball has about five really, really strong big men to move on to NBA. We haven't seen that in a number of years. Right. But I guess the point is, if you got eight super teams that are dead even, and then there's about five or six that are really good, so that top 14 is good, which means we'll probably have a bunch of double-digit seeds in the Final <laughs> Four.
0: <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, Coach K's final game at home Saturday against North Carolina. You know, I, he has, to
1: me, been – I am probably one of like eight guys in this country that are Coach K neutral. (laughs) Wow. I think everybody loves or hates him. And the reason I'm neutral on him is I loved him when he came up from Army to Duke. And the reason, sorry, the reason is I was in the ACC then. I was at Virginia. We were only a seven-team conference. When I was in school, we went to eight. (laughs) And you had rivalries for four years playing the same guys over and over and there were two brand new coaches that came in, uh, Coach K and Jimmy V while I was there. And they were not good teams. So you were always pulling for them to beat Carolina or beat Maryland. And I remember watching those two going, these two are really good young coaches. Now, he obviously turned into a cranky old man that is annoying <laughs> as to me now. So I'm neutral in that I love the first 15 years of him, and I'm, you know, like most. Now he's just a, I expect everything to go my way. Right. Cranky old man, and it's tough, but I, I I, remember the good days when he and Valvano came in and started to compete versus Caroline and Maryland, and, you know, I, I always liked that period of time, but I don't know. Well, I think he, he's hurt himself down the stretch, but.
0: His first year, 80 81, he won 17 and 13. Went to the NITs, got to the quarters. All right, good start. Then he went 10 and 17, 4 and 10 in conference, 11 and 17, 3 and 11 in conference. And in today's day and age, that might have been it for him. But the next year, he went 24 and 10, 7 and 7 in league and got to the second round of the NCAA tournament, and it was pretty much up, up, and away from there. Yeah.
1: Well, when you came in back then in a 7 or an 18 conference, and if you came in at the bottom and it wasn't one and dones, you had some work to do. So you had a longer leash. You know, you weren't expected to turn around right away. You couldn't compete with Carolina, Carolina State, Maryland, you know, Virginia in those days. So it took a while. Yeah. When you got 16 teams in the conference, it shouldn't take you long to pass some of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, The uh, 85-86 Duke team, which finished runner-up for the national championship, Uh, they had Tommy Abaker, David Henderson, Quinn Snyder, Johnny Dawkins, and Jay Billis as their starting five with Mark Allery, NBA player, off the bench, and Danny Ferry as well, off the bench. Oh, and Billy King. Billy King's from Sterling, Virginia? Yeah. Did Mm -hmm. not know that. So, yeah,
1: I always remember my favorite bill is one of all time. I think of this whenever I watch him say stupid things on Saturdays. I remember being at the game, the opening game, uh, I think his senior season when he got outscored 36-0 by Ralph Sampson. <laughs> and? That's just, you know, it's kind of like, you are you know, nothing beats getting outscored 36-0 in, in a game in the 50s.
0: <laughs> right. All right. And then there's this. Oh, my God, Jr. Is this Jay's FTG theme? Why, yes, it is. I'm the guy. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Mr. X, a rare chance for you to give an FTG to somebody. Who gets it today? Well, I understand Derek Jeter, (laughs) because
1: parted ways with the Marlins. Because of philosophical differences with ownership.
0: Right. <laughs> okay.
1: What is the philosophical difference? You can't keep sending the best players to the Yankees? You know? <laughs> you can't. What? I don't know. I don't know. He, he, was, he was as bad in that organization as any um, GM or president of Ops was.
0: He's been there for five years, and it's not like this is new. They've been doing this the whole goddamn time. Yeah. And so, yeah he, yeah, he he uh, he got in and was given a stake in the team, a 4% stake in the franchise. He'll now give that up, but I'm sure he'll make a nice profit on it. And uh, he said in a statement that his time uh, for the vision of the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. You know what, Jeter? Fuck you. You, you knew What's what up? you were signing up for, buddy. You took Jeff Loria's money. The hell? Yeah. So, for yeah, but, uh, Derek Jeter, we say, fuck that guy. All right, Mr. X, you're going to a hockey game tonight.
1: Yeah, by the way, I'll tell you right now, you'll probably wait to make it look good. Jeter will be a special assistant to
0: the Yanks within the year. Of course. Of yeah. course. Natural. Uh, Capitals versus who tonight? Uh, I don't know. Toronto. Toronto. And you're going with X3?
1: Yeah, he's home on spring break. We needed Aww. something to do. I think the last hockey game I went to, Dale Hunter was still playing. So.
0: All right, just remember, there's uh, <laughs> periods, three of them, no quarters, no halves, all right? Got it. Don't embarrass yourself. All right, Mr. X, uh, his website, callmemisterx.com. You can get personalized service from him, uh, details on how to bet the upcoming abbreviated most likely MLB season, plus the preview to the preview to the preview of the NCAA tournament, March Madness, all that yes. more at MrX.com. We'll talk next week. Thank you, brother.
1: Sounds good,
0: Susan. Let's end on this. It's a good idea, even in today's day and age, where we think we live in a fairly safe society in most parts of the country, except for some of the rougher neighborhoods or places where you're like, I don't know about this place. It's kind of sketchy. We feel like we're pretty safe. We feel like we're pretty civilized. But it can go south in a hurry. There was a story. I saw the other day where a retired ex cop in Florida was acquitted of murder in a movie theater back in this this case has been winding through the courts for years delayed by covid 2014 some young younger guy was texting in a movie theater and the old man cop behind him was like stop texting you're bothering me The young guy's like, hey, old man, mind your fucking business. I said stop texting. Oh, yeah? It escalates. Got to the point, by the way, this is in the previews. They're just crazy to think about. Like, who would be complaining in the previews about texting, much less talking or something? Anyway, it escalates. It apparently ended with the young guy throwing popcorn in the face of the old guy and then eventually chucking his phone at the old dude. Well, the old dude was a retired cop and he was in Florida and he was packing heat and he decided to pull it out and go blam, 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 killed the guy over a texting argument in the movie theater and he was acquitted in Florida under the stand your ground laws. Now, I didn't hear all the evidence in the case. It seems a bit of a reach to me that he could have claimed he felt that he was in mortal danger, and that was his only defense, and it may get overturned on appeal. Who knows? I'm not commenting on the righteousness of the verdict. I'm just saying how bonkers it is. But it reminds me of the fact that people today would be smart to treat the current day and age Two thousand and twenty two, with all of our technology and our so called civilized ways. You should treat strangers like the wild, wild west. You know how every old West movie, Western movie, guy comes into a saloon, his eyes are, you know, scanning the room just to make sure everyone's okay. Maybe there's nowhere there that he owed money to or stole a horse from, goes down to the end of the bar, sits quietly, orders a whiskey. Somebody comes up to him and he gives him a little tip of the cowboy hat. Bam, sir. Very polite, very reserved. Mind your own business. If you bumped into somebody, you were like, Pardon me, sir. Uh, Pardon me, sir. I, I, I reckon that was my chair right there. You know, you come correct because in the Wild West, everybody was packing, and who knows when a guy would get pissed off and draw on you and just fucking kill you. That's still today. You don't know if that old man you're throwing popcorn at or your cell phone at is a cop who's carrying and has had a bad day or has terminal cancer or hates young kids or who knows what. It ain't fucking worth it. And just because you think, "Ah, he's an old man. I'll fuck him up, man. Tell me what to do during previews Eh, unless he's packing. Now you're dead. Anyway, just a just a thought. Just a thought, not a sermon, as they say. The Wild West had it right, ma'am. Sir? Cowboy? You mind your business, tip your cap, and you go quietly with strangers. Lest you run into somebody, you're like, wow, he was having a really bad day and he wanted to take it out on me. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Spread the word, rate and review if you can. It pleases the algorithmic overlords. Have yourself a great Tuesday. Welcome to the glorious month of March. It's the same as February, at least it will be for the next couple of weeks. And we will see you next time.